Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's hilarious, man. That's what it's all about. It's so much fun to come out here and experience all this. I've never seen better fans in my life than here in the Philippines. Today, we're talking about the visiting NBA players who have made a difference in the lives of Filipino fans over the years and how the Philippines have inspired NBA stars in return. Welcome to episode four of Hoops Paradise, the Philippines' love of the game. All right, Nico, I hope you're warmed up because I'm putting you on the spot right off the top today. If I warmed up, you mean I just woke up and am only starting to drink my coffee because Manila is 13 hours ahead of New York. (laughs) And this is the only time we can ever find to record together than... Yeah, sure. I guess I'm ready to get after it. Okay. That's what I like to hear. Um, Here's the question, okay? What's the absolute best visit by an NBA player to the Philippines that you can think of? Whoa, 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 whoa. Best? Best best is a broad word. Give me something else to work with. Nope. Sorry. This is is completely open-ended. It can be an event you hosted, something you attended as a fan, a former NBA player who joined the PBA, an exhibition game, even something that you only saw on TV or heard about after the fact. The only requirement here is an NBA figure visiting the Philippines. It could be anything. Even the time Evan Fournier came to the country as a tourist in 2016 and shot hoops on a dirt court in Palawan province. Anything. Okay, well, thanks a lot for making it easy for me <laughs> um, and even making it even wider than I thought. Um, I've been blessed to be hosting NBA players Manila tours and covering ex-NBA players who come to the country for pretty much my entire adult life, right? So, I mean, it's... 
It's a long list. It's a long list. I mean, that's why I'm asking you. Quit stalling. I mean, we, we yes, you you have that charmed life. Now pick something. <laughs> I mean, okay. All right. Fine, fine, fine. Obviously, the many stages of my life as marked by Kobe Bryant visits are right up there from me lining up as a student to get free tickets and watching him from the very, very top of an arena to the next time he rolled around, I was posing as a journalist, even though I, you know, I really wasn't. Mm -hmm. I had kind of like fake credentials and a camera that didn't have any film on it just to get a little closer. And then, you know, eventually to actually meeting him and hosting his events and, you know, getting uh, some valuable Kobe time um, in person. I, I think that that journey of mine compared to his visits, that's always going to be the most special to me. I mean, I, I it's hard to compete with Kobe Bryant. I understand. Um, I've actually didn't ever get a chance to meet Kobe because I was only hosting in studios and I never got the opportunity to cover any of his games on the sidelines. So um, the fact that you were able to meet Kobe several times, um, you know, is truly amazing. Miss him every day. I still can't believe he's gone. I, I, I met him. I met him one time and technically oh. I think stalked him the other <laughs> times. So um, I don't know. <laughs> Legally, I think I, I think I shouldn't have any problems um, because that's what Filipino fans do when Kobe's in the country, man. So we just go crazy. Okay, then we're then we're even. Um, so b- before we get into any other specifics, we should probably provide a, a, just a rough breakdown of the basic types of NBA and former NBA player visits to the Philippines. You know, the first, which we spent nearly all of episode three exploring, is when an NBA player comes to the country as an import in the PBA or to play on the national team as a naturalized Filipino citizen like Andre Blatch did in the Mm. 2014 and 2019 FIBA World Cups or like Jordan Clarkson did over the summer when he joined Gilas Filipinas for a pair of FIBA World Cup qualifying games against Lebanon and Saudi Arabia. Right. And although it's always a big deal when an NBA athlete makes his way to Manila, the players who decide to extend their careers in the PBA usually aren't huge stars in the States. And they tend to lose a little bit of their mystique once they trade their Indiana Pacers jersey, for example, for a Technicolor red, blue and yellow and green and purple (laughs) and magenta rain or shine Elasto Painters PBA uniform. Do I have beef with the rain or shine uniforms? Yes, yes, I do. I get it. You're a paint company, but the jersey doesn't need to have 18 (laughs) different colors on it. Sorry. But you digress. Um, Yes. Next, we have the exhibition games. Active NBA players have only participated in two league-sanctioned events in the Philippines over the years. The first one came in 1979 when a Washington Bullets team led by Hall of Famers Wes Unseld, Elvin Hayes, and Bob Dandridge crossed the Pacific to play exhibitions in China and the Philippines. In Manila, the Bullets, who were only a year removed from their 1978 NBA championship season, challenged a selection of PBA All-Stars. More than 40 years later, the game itself has become something of an urban legend where much of is lost to memory. Even the players who were on the floor that night aren't completely sure what happened. (laughs) I mean, as far as we know, there's no remaining video of the full game. 
Maybe we'll get lucky and someday, someday we'll discover a dusty old Betamax recording in their grandparents' attic. But until then, the only existing footage comes from a short commemorative clip the PBA produced in 2005 when the league was celebrating its 30th anniversary. According to newspaper reports from back then, Washington defeated the PBA squad 133 to 123. Huh, kind of close. And after the game, Coach Dick Mata told the press that good big men will surely beat good little men. Hmm. At least Coach Mata said we were good. Uh, although it was a little condescending. <laughs> the other crazy thing about that 1979 game was that media accounts included a line about some kind of altercation between six foot 11 inch Washington center Dave Corzine and six foot two Hall of Fame PBA guard Atoiko, who had the not at all threatening nickname the Fortune Cookie <laughs> and probably weighed 170 pounds soaking wet in those days. The Fortune Cookie for two charities. He's got a total of 31, oh no, 36 points now. The words, quote-unquote, near fight appeared in one story, but 30 years later, when a reporter from ESPN asked Corzine and Ko about it, neither could remember a thing. Ko's quote was an all-timer. I'm glad I'm still alive if I fought a seven-footer. I don't know if I want to know the backstory to how he got the nickname Fortune Cookie, so I will continue on here. <laughs> um, it would be another 34 years before the NBA brought another game with active players back to Manila when the Houston Rockets and Indiana Pacers touched down for a 2013 preseason game at the new Mall of Asia Arena. By then, basketball had truly become a global sport, and the NBA was already two decades into late Commissioner David Stern's project of bringing NBA basketball to countries all across the world. The league first held games outside of the U.S. and Canada in 1988, and by 2013, 138 preseason and regular season games had been played in 19 countries. Why did it take so long for the Philippines to make that list, Nico? It definitely wasn't for lack of interest, not from the NBA and definitely not from Filipino fans. Until 2012, the issue was infrastructure. Since it opened in 1975, the country's premier basketball venue had been the Araneta Coliseum, a historic site, Asia's first air-conditioned arena, and the host of one of the most famous heavyweight boxing matches of all time, the Thrilla in Manila between Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. To this day, the Big Dome, as we like to call it, remains the most common host of PBA games, and during PBA rivalry games and college hoops grudge matches, it's probably one of the most electric basketball atmospheres on the planet. But the place, it's a little long in the tooth, and because of its age, it wasn't considered quite up to modern NBA standards. That's where the Mall of Asia Arena comes in. When developers unveiled the new venue in 2012, they made sure it included all the features required for an NBA visit. And once MOA was open for business, the league wasted no time in arranging the first NBA game ever played on Philippine soil. Taking a three, going inside, Harden. Strong drive to the hoop from James Harden. And the key word there is strong. And you know, his body creates a little space after that contact with George gets to the rim. So were people doing backflips to see James Harden and Paul George play back then? I think it was something much, much deeper than that. This is a country that's overflowing with basketball enthusiasm 24-7, 365. So the feeling that I remember around the game and throughout Metro Manila that week wasn't so much, OMG, we get to see James Harden and Paul George put on a show. It was more of the pride that the Philippine basketball world could take in that moment. We have arrived and the league that the rest of the world looks up to was acknowledging it. Mabuhay! You hear that? David Stern, 
On behalf of these two great teams, the Houston Rockets and the Indiana Pacers, it is my great honor to say to you, we are delighted to be here. We thank you for your hospitality, and we look forward to coming back. Enjoy the game. I guarantee you that brought a tear to the eyes of fans here. By fans, I meant me. <laughs> the last type of NBA player we need to cover is the off-season tour. In some cases, the league will send a handful of up-and-coming players over to visit junior NBA basketball camps and spend a day or two helping local charities through the NBA Cares program. Other times, you'll see all-stars and the league's biggest names popping in to promote their latest signature shoes, and that's when you reach out to host extraordinaire Nico Ramos to MC your event. Nike, Jordan, Adidas, Antha, Leaning, whoever it is, you have my calling card. You know my number. I gotta be honest here though. I've hosted dozens of these events over the years and it is work regardless of how fun it looks. Uh, the same way you have to be Cassidy the reporter and not Cassidy the lifelong NBA fan when you're interviewing Steve Kerr at the start of the fourth quarter, I can't be phased by the fact that I'm on stage doing a Q&A with LeBron. I'm mm. throwing that out there, by the way. Name drop. Because Le, LeBron's the guy I haven't been on stage doing a Q&A with, so manifesting that one. <laughs> of course, of course, I have to keep it professional. And yes, I'm more than a little bit spoiled because I've been up close and personal with so many current and former NBA greats that I, you know, I, I, I don't pinch myself and ask, is this real? But the one thing that will never, ever, ever get old about hosting events with NBA players when they visit Manila is seeing how genuinely touched they are by the country's passion for the sport. Even though NBA players are very much not just like us, one thing they share with all basketball fans is that love of the game. They've devoted their lives to the sport. And when they come to Manila and meet kids on the other side of the world who've studied and learned to imitate their moves, when they drive by street-side courts and see guys battling for rebounds in their bare feet, that love is infectious. To see not only how they inspire us, but we also inspire them, that's the part that sticks with you. And you can really hear the wonder in players' voices when they're talking about their experiences in the Philippines. Listen to some of these. We are privileged to have with us today one of the legitimate superstars of the NBA, a man whose incredible hardcore talent is perhaps matched only by his decency and his integrity and style off the hard court. Mr. Grant Hill of the Detroit Pistons. Grant, you've obviously had a great welcome here. Did this surprise you in any way? Yes, it, it definitely did surprise me. Uh, you fly halfway around the world and uh, you, you see fans, you see smiles on faces, see people cheering. Uh, I never, never thought this would happen, never in my wildest imagination. And uh, it makes, makes me feel really good, it really does. Chandler Parsons in 2013 couldn't believe that people were asking for his dad's autograph. It's hilarious, man. That's what it's all about. It's so much fun to come out here and experience all this. And I've never seen better fans in my life than here in the Philippines. Did you ever think you'd see your father signing more autographs than you? Yeah, no, he's a rock star. So <laughs> they know talent when they see it. That is a whole bunch of talent over there. He's loving it. I love it. Derek Rose just lights up talking about Filipino fans. Man, the Philippines is like, it's almost like home to me. I remember going there just by myself with my agency, and they showed me a lot of, a lot of love over there. They love um, basketball. They love the NBA. They, it's like a culture over there. So 
you got to show nothing but respect. Um, every event that I had over there, they came out and they supported it. So I tell my Philippine, Philippine fans, I love you all and thanks for the support. And this is about as excited as you'll ever hear Robin Lopez outside of, you know, a Disney World resort. Uh, I went over there with Wesley Matthews and we loved everything about it. We loved the food. We loved the people. They're so passionate about basketball over there. We felt, we felt like rock stars. But one NBA player rises above the rest when we think about the impact he had on the Philippines, both at an individual level, interacting with fans one-on-one, and as a nation of basketball lovers. His Mamba mentality resonated with Filipino fans. And he developed meaningful relationships on his repeated trips to the Philippines. When we come back, we're getting a lesson on Pakikisama from the Black Mamba. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it.
Gather round, class. Gather round. It's time for our weekly Tagalog lesson. Okay, teach. I really enjoy learning <laughs> more about the language and specifically how these words relate to Philippine basketball. But you're so little full of yourself right now. Bring it down <laughs> just like a notch. Because the only All lesson right. I truly ever needed to learn came from, you know, that old Michael Jordan commercial where he plays one-on-one against his younger self. All right. Okay. Consider me humbled. Consider me taking it down a notch. But the term I want to introduce this week isn't just specific to basketball. It's uh, something that refers to one of the strongest and most cherished pieces of Philippine culture. You ready for it? Yes. Here it is. Pakikisama. There isn't a perfect word-for-word translation in English, but it means something like the art of getting along well with others. You express it in different ways. Plain old kindness is always a good start, but it also includes putting others at ease, making sure people feel included, sometimes even performing exaggerated acts of humility or generosity to demonstrate you aren't stuck up or a snob. The Filipinos' renowned and sometimes you know, admittedly overwhelming hospitality stems from this virtue. The way that when you visit someone's home for the first time, they'll insist on feeding you no matter when you last ate and if you want to make good pakikisama, you better eat it in return. Even in the world of professional basketball here, you see pakikisama in action. It's custom here for PBA players to spend time after practice and after games, greeting supporters, posing for selfies, and sharing a few moments of real connection with fans. And the expectation is not just that a player will stop and sign a couple of autographs. No, it's that he'll make a real effort to share the moment and grant a simple request for each fan who's taken the trouble to stand and wait for him. Robert Jaworski, probably the most beloved PBA player in history, and a former senator as well here in the Philippines, was legendary for spending hours in the parking lot after every practice and after every game, showing fans how dearly he appreciated their support. In fact, being a basketball player might require more kissing babies than campaigning for office. And as a result, Pinoy pro ballers have a natural common touch and everyman appeal. They get it. That's pakikisama for you. Pakikisama. Well done. Did I do it? Hey, that is perfect on the first try. And are you just, you're just being nice now because I said you were being full of yourself, but uh, you know. See, that's Pakikisama for you. (laughs) Ah, I see it at work. Oh, you see? Okay, and let me guess. There have been one or two NBA players to visit Manila over the years who were naturals at this. One in particular, Mamba, Kobe. Magical Mamba. Kobe Bryant visited the Philippines more times than any other NBA player than I can think of over the past 25 years. Beginning the summer after his rookie year when he was a 19-year-old NBA baby traveling with his mom and his cousin, he made six total trips to Manila and had promised to keep returning long after his retirement prior to the tragic January 2020 helicopter crash that took his life, along with that of his 13-year-old daughter Gianna and seven other passengers. He came to promote his classic Adidas kicks at the beginning of his career. Later on, he came to promote his Nike line. He came to play exhibition games. Sometimes it seemed like he was just searching for any kind of off-season excuse to fly out to Manila, even if it meant acting as the pitchman for a Chinese smartphone brand as the case for his 2013 tour. And every time he showed up here, he seemed to have embraced some new aspect of Philippine culture. A new Tagalog phrase that he'd taken time to learn with legit good Cassidy Hubbard level pronunciation (laughs) before addressing fans. 
a new Filipino food he wanted to try for the first time. He was open to just about anything, it seemed. And he looked like he was having the time of his life, jumping into college exhibition games and basketball clinics at small outdoor gyms around Metro Manila. I can see that. Even in the States, he always loved to entertain international media by answering their questions in Italian or Spanish or rattling off some of the Mandarin he learned for the Chinese press. That's just his natural pakikisama. He had this enthusiasm around fans that you just couldn't fake. And even though it was always obvious that he enjoyed the adoration, he wasn't afraid to tell us and show us that he loved us back. I enjoy sharing the game of basketball. And, you know, Manila, of all the places that I've traveled, there's so much passion and enthusiasm for the game. So that's why I love coming back. And at least for his connection with Filipino fans, it didn't hurt that Kobe played his entire Hall of Fame career and won all five of his NBA titles with the Lakers. Since Los Angeles and Southern California are home to the largest concentration of Filipinos anywhere outside of the Philippines. Just about everyone has a Laker fan in their life, and our friends and relatives in SoCal have managed to convert an awful lot of us. So you said he came to Manila six times? Which one stands out the most? Uh, d- definitely not the one where I was uh, a borderline criminal um, <laughs> pretending to be an actual journalist when I wasn't credentialed for that event because I wasn't an actual journalist yet. The, the moments, the trip that we actually met and you know we got to share time together, that will always be special. But the first time he came over here and I was at the top of the bleachers um, watching him from afar, just like as a fan, I, I think those two are tied for, for the most special uh, Kobe moments in Manila for me. And even though I was just a kid when Kobe made that first trip to the country, that one was clearly something special. There's some clips of that trip still floating around YouTube goodness look at how young he is there but also you see that playful nature that Kobe learned to be a little bit more guarded about as he got older and started to craft the whole mystique around Mamba mentality back then he wasn't about a philosophy around maniacally driven hard work and his extreme competitive nature no he was a a 19 year old kid rocking a barong Tagalog around Manila with crazy confidence posting up then president of the Philippines Joseph Estrada during a photo op at our version of the White House and breaking out his entire arsenal of isolation moves in a half court three on three exhibition set up at a mall atrium the guys he was getting all those buckets against they're well known coaches and players some of whom had impressive PBA careers of their own but to this day they'll still tell you that Kobe Bryant dribbling the ball between their legs was one of their greatest basketball memories. And then just look at this, Kobe being brave enough to try the tinikling, a traditional folk dance that asks its performers to step, tiptoe, and hop between a pair of bamboo poles that two other performers are rhythmically smacking against the floor and then against each other. Usually, a tinikling first-timer will get his or her foot caught between the bamboo a couple of times before they get the hang of it. Well, this goes without saying, but there wasn't much usual about Kobe Bean Bryant. I mean, just awesome. You could see no fear, the focus, the mama mentality and everything he did. How do, how do you think he developed the footwork? I know, exactly. You're In welcome, Kobe. Right. You're welcome, Kobe. So I guess the only question left is whether you think another NBA star might eventually find a similar bond to the one Kobe had with the Philippines. 
You know, the king, LeBron James, he's not far off. That's the sound of LeBron dunking in the packed Mall of Asia Arena. He's already traveled to the country three times. He has a preserved print of his hand at the tenement court. And, you know, he's reaching out to Filipino fans more and more through something that I've been lucky enough to have had a small hand in working with and collaborations with local brands like Titan to create new versions of his LeBrons with Philippine-inspired colorways and design elements. It's different from the way Kobe showed us that he cared with his enormous personality and megawatt charm. But that attention to detail and that desire to pay tribute to the Philippines basketball love affair, it hits the same spot right in the heart. Coming up next, we're talking to Kat Tan, also known as the One-Armed Mamba. She's just one example of the impact Kobe had during his visits to the Philippines. And I can't wait for you to hear her story. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out... F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. <sighs> are you going to be doing that accent this whole pot? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast, you find it. So one more thing about that trip Kobe Bryant made to the Philippines in 1998. 
That also happened to be the first chance Kobe got to meet a young fan who was going through an incredibly difficult time who would, over the years, with help from the inspiration she found in Kobe's game and in Mamba mentality, go on to become a Philippine basketball icon in her own right and someone whose story has the power to spread that inspiration even further. Filipinos and Kobe, we do share the same passion for the sport, for the game, for basketball. So I guess that's one thing that makes us one. Meet Kat Tan, a.k.a. the One-Arm Mamba. When I was 10 years old, uh, when I had my accident, in 1996, two years before Kobe's first trip to Manila, she boarded a roller coaster at her grade school's annual carnival. And moments after the ride began, the coaster derailed. One student died in the accident. Several suffered grave injuries and had to be rushed to the hospital. Kat lost her arm in the collapse. And when I was recovering in the hospital, uh, I was watching his, his game. And back then, he wasn't really just, you know, he wasn't, like the superstar that he was. But, you know, there's something uh, about him that strikes me. Two years later, Kat, an avid basketball fan, was invited to meet Kobe Bryant, the 19-year-old NBA prodigy making his first ever visit to the Philippines. They took a picture together. Kobe called her by a nickname, Cat Cat. And the rest of the story is hers to tell. When I heard that he was visiting here in the Philippines, you know, I asked my, my cousin who was working in the place where he was going to do his, his event. And, you know, I, I was just there to, just a spectator. I was just so happy to see him play with the kids. And by the time that, you know, everyone is going home, I was, I was ready to go home. And one of the writers or journalists of, of a newspaper recognized me because I was already playing varsity basketball at that time. And he, he recognized me and asked me like, are you the one who likes Kobe? And I was like, yeah, um, I'm his fan. And, you know, I, I got a free pass to meet him and had lunch with him. And that was the first time I, you know, I, I, I was beside him and talked to him. And it was amazing. It was the first, it was our first meeting. Yeah. You had lunch with him? Yeah, but I wasn't able to eat. <laughs> I was like, just like... <laughs> Kobe had like, lunch. Cat sat next Kobe, to him. Kobe, yeah, Kobe had lunch and I was just right beside him. I was just like looking at him while he was talking to me. And I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> I was just like... I was so, Wait, what, I was did so... he, what did he eat? I need to know the details <laughs> of this lunch. I need to like picture this lunch. You're sitting next to Kobe Bryant. He's eating what? You're not eating what? Uh, yeah, I, oh, definitely there was a rice. Definitely, I I, I had a of photo of it. I, I I don't remember what the dish was, but definitely there was rice and some meat of some sort. I I don't know. I I, I don't remember. That was Did he like, eat with his hands though? Because that's like the truth. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, Kobe. That was no. his first visit. By by visit number seventeen, Kobe was full on eating with his hands off of off of a banana leaf. Pro probably probably the the rest of, of his stay here, he he was able to try it. But at that time, he was like he was really he was also like just talking to me, and I think that was the first time, um, because that was the first time I I met him. I I didn't know like how he was with with his fans or or like you know with with others because he's like. He's like Kobe. He's, I mean, that's the start of his of his 
career, of his rising career, and he really was into like talking to you, and it, he didn't care like who you are. He was just like, oh, uh, I, I, I want to know what you you want or what you're into, and and he really just listens. He's into the conversation. I mean, he's just not doing it just because he's like Kobe Bryant and he knows that you are his his fan. Cat and Kobe's friendship might have ended there, but they met a second time. The second time when he had his visit here also when he had an event. And I was able to show our first photo to him at the second time we met. And at the, the, the first time, he was still the Froby. And he still had this, his af- yeah, he still had his afro hair, and he, when he saw his his photo, it was like, oh, oh my God, look at that hair! What, what, dude? Like, and they met again in 2016. It was a three-day camp, and each day players get cut, and I was able to make it to the final 24, and I was like, yeah, um, it was amazing, and. You know, that moment, uh, I, I realized like how special it was. And I was around 30 at that time. And the, the players that I was with, they're in like their high school years, college years. They're like, you know, playing competitively. And I was just like, you know, I was still playing basketball, but just for fun. I was like, you know, um, I was already working at that time. And I was like with this young kids, and and that camp, um, we were like t- the the final twenty four during the event while we were having our breaks. I bravely came up to him and I was like, "Hey, do you remember me?" I was like, "Oh my god, what am I doing?" And he was like dribbling, dribbling the ball. I was like, "Yeah, of course, I remember you." And I was like, "When I when I walked away, I was like, oh, of course not. You don't remember me.'" And I think there's just something at the back of my head, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this this event memorable. I'm gonna make you remember me. That's exercise. That's exercise. I need one shooter out of all of at the end of the event, Kobe had a challenge for the camp. His challenge was the last part of the event, and everyone is like raising their hand. Kat raised her hand, and Kobe picked her. She made the shot, nothing but net. I just did what I what I had to do. I just I just had my ways, and yeah, you know, it happened. You have the nickname of One Armed Mamba. How how did that come about? What's the story behind you getting the nickname One Armed Mamba, and who gave it to you? Yeah. Um, first, I gave it to myself. Had <laughs> <laughs> a girl, cat. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I, I, it started actually um, before I, I, I kind of had that validated. There was this um, event. It was, uh, it was a Nike event at that time. 
I was able to, you know, join that and I, I registered and they were like, okay, you can tag yourself, you can tag your nickname and then all and then so you can register. So I was like, okay, my, my name is like not that interesting. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it interesting. So I changed it to that and then, you know, I, I registered and I was like, okay, by the start of the event until the, the, the last day of the event, I, I used that name and you know little did I know that after the event that would change my life entirely. That shot at the 2016 practice where Kobe challenged someone to make a three-pointer or doomed the rest of the camp to run validated the nickname for her. Mamba for me is not really just like a nickname. It, it represents like Kobe and how he is on the court and how he takes every challenge on and off the court so for me i mean I, the one arm i mean i don't even need to explain that part but yeah for me the mamba is just not like a nickname kind of represents like how i am that you know i'm i'm ready to take on any challenge every day on and off the court everyone we talked to about the philippines love for kobe said something along these lines that it's the Mamba mentality that resonates so much with Filipino fans. Not to mention, he kept coming back. His repeated trips to the Philippines showed fans that their connection went both ways. Kobe has always been, like, even bigger than Jordan and LeBron. That's CJ Toledano, a Filipino-American writer, director, comedian, and the founder of Follow Through Studios. I mean, I think it's just him. He, he kind of was, like, made it a point to go out to the Philippines. And here's Jimmy Alapag. He's a PBA legend and currently is a G League assistant coach for the Stockton Kings. When I played throughout my career, I only wore Kobe's. You know, Kobe actually went to the Philippines his rookie year. And I think that that connection with the country and, and sharing that love and passion for the game with him and then him coming, you know, to the country all the time, I think it really just made that connection much, much deeper than I think some of the other players. And getting a chance to meet him multiple times was very, very special. Even his last, his last visit to Manila, they had this special ceremony to just kind of dedicate the Araneta Coliseum, the historic Araneta Coliseum to Kobe. And they had a, a, a framed picture of him kind of walking out of the arena. And because he'd made multiple trips to, to the country, you know, for, for probably the last decade. And that particular time, he got a chance to meet my son and my daughter. And we had a chance to, to talk afterward. And, you know, again, I'd, I'd gotten a chance to kind of relatively get to know him from the previous six, seven times he'd been in the country. And so, you know, when he met my kids, he said, oh man, you have your kids, you know, I have my daughters back in the States. And so it was, it was a very, very special connection for me because he had such a huge influence on my career, not just with his shoes, but the character, the, the work ethic, um, you know, it's, it's something that helped drive me being so far away from home and, and being in the Philippines to play. So having that moment with him was, was something I'll, I'll definitely always remember. Thanks for listening to episode four of Hoops Paradise, the Philippines' love of the game. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get podcasts. And check out episode five, where we'll be examining the NBA dream from a Philippine perspective. I felt like I didn't have experience. I also felt somewhere subconsciously that I didn't look like your typical uh, NBA head coach. Um, I wasn't uh, an older veteran coach. Uh, I wasn't white. You don't really know what box to put me in. So I just knew subconsciously that I didn't look the part. And that kind of messes with you uh, a, a little bit.
And then my family started to tell me that I was the first Asian coach and the first Filipino head coach in, in any sport. And then it became a source of pride. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.